Hi, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we'll be discussing the seventh episode of The Mandalorian Season 3. But before we get into that, hi, I'm Liv. I use she, her pronouns. You can find me everywhere at Olivia Amadala and my brainworm of the week, which will be a surprise to everyone, um, is in fact the ending of Hidden Empire 5, which I am still processing. God, I had no idea. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I forget. What did you think about Kira's ending in that? <laughs> silence <laughs> i'm completely fine when i tell I'm you so good i got out of the shower and i saw her like after she finished reading it she was like sitting on the bed with tears rolling down her face i was like this is not good <laughs> and then i read it and i was like oh understandable it, it was it was not good but like not good in like an emotional way story-wise fucking incredible and we'll get into that once we get into the comics for the week or the past couple of weeks <laughs> but anyway it was very good yeah <laughs> it's not good for me it's fine it's fine you guys Anyways, Hayden, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, hi, my name is Hayden. I use she/her pronouns. You can follow me on TikTok at psycho.ytd and on Twitter and Instagram at mcuytd. My brainworm of the week is still well. There's two, mainly. The first one is Baby Girl is back. Because he was in his silly little coveralls, last Bounty Hunters issue. He's back. <laughs> he's reyasified and he's back. And then the other brain room of the week was being kidnapped by Lucasfilm. So against true. our will. <laughs> <laughs> I will get into that when we talk about what happened in the time since we have convened. So Emily, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, uh, I'm Emily, pronouns are she, her, you can find me on TikTok at StardustM and on Twitter and Instagram at underscore StardustM. My brainworm of the week is Enya from Cataclysm and Convergence. Just punching bitches. So um, true. She is my queen. I love her so much. I'm so sorry, baby girl. <laughs> what happened to you no spoilers but um <sighs> I completely forgot for about cataclysm I can't lie <laughs> it was good I'll talk about it when we get to yeah when we get to our yeah. literacy rates yes but anyway in the time since we have convened we have visited Star Wars Celebration Europe 2023 as a trophy Liv currently has her size snushy is it posable? No, not not really. Oh. No. Her sushi supremacy. She is fantastic. <laughs> and I love her little snoot. 
she gives lovely kisses <laughs> like my friend Tori was saying that she was like just tapping it against her face and it was like a form it's like a form of therapy like, it's like acupuncture what the fuck is that acupuncture and I I understand I get it she gives you little snoodles <laughs> oh anyways that martin kidnapped us yeah not clickbait not clickbait real canon not fake not clickbait and he got some slay photos oh if I do say so myself thank you, thank you. <laughs> roll boss slayed <laughs> so slayed too close to the sun i cannot yes. believe you went out in public in that <laughs> what do you mean i slayed she's no slayed. listen what where else are you gonna what other convention are you gonna wear that to? i oh my god it has only made me want to do silly goofy cosplays like that even more because the <laughs> amount of people should. that i made laugh like the look on ethan Sachs's face when he realized what i was wearing and the, and <laughs> I'm not saying the next time we're all together, we should all do like yesified bounty hunter alien cosplays. But exactly. I'm not not saying that. Like if we no, do, you get it. Voss, get it. Zuckus, Hayden could yes. do like a sexy Dengar. Yes. <laughs> okay. Like, or oh, a sexy or or a sing. <laughs> She's already kind of sexy, but like, are you so sexy, Zuckus? Because Liv, were you talking about doing a sexy yeah. Zuckus cosplay at one point? Like, I remember yeah. that after that, last that year's was celebration. My, that was my original plan, um, but it's oh. it, it, you, you can't find a Zuckus mask anywhere. No, but if I was able to find a Zuckus mask, I would have been doing sexy Zuckus. Well, I, I thought like, you were gonna do like the eyes. Yeah, with, you like, could just the bug do the bug eyes, eyes yeah. like glasses. I feel like that it would still I, get the idea. But I need to go full out. Like I've had a taste of it with Bosk. <laughs> I need I need to commit to the bit. To Yasa. <laughs> Stop. Oh my god. Suck yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Celebration was just one big fever dream. It was a fever dream last year and it was a fever dream this year. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> We can't hear a word that you're saying. <laughs> okay. Your microphone is not working, Hayden. The beef between the taxi drivers. Can you hear me? <laughs> now we can. <laughs> I think we need to tell that story. <laughs> yeah, in its entirety because it's fun. You're laughing so much, too much, so I can tell it. Okay, so on... it It was sunday Sunday. it was after the publishing panel so it was sunday (laughs) it was sunday we were we were too tired to wait in the crazy ass line (sighs) to take the 
tube. So we decided to fork over the money for a taxi. And uh, we... Well, no, first we tried to Uber. And then, then they, like, nobody was getting Ubers. And they kept canceling our ride. So we were like, you know what? Let's just take a... We'll, we'll just take a cab. So we... Hayden goes up to talk to this one cab driver. And he's he's saying, like, oh, I can't take you out all that way. Because our... I'm not our, going that way. Yeah, our... Airbnb was a bit far out, but it was like 25, 30 minutes away, which also I learned that space and distance is very different in England. (laughs) But um, so basically our taxi driver was saying like, no, I, I can't take you guys out that way. And then another taxi driver is like, asking him what the problem is no we we turn around to say oh sorry thank you we understand we turn around to go and he said go to the taxi behind me so we're like okay sorry thank you so we turn around and then the other the taxi driver is like oh what what happened and then you continue so just (laughs) it's so So funny first the first taxi driver gets out and he goes to talk to the other one and like explain the situation and no, the no, other one not, gets all not, angry. You're, no, you're I'm not. <laughs> no, you tell it then. I'm, I'm done. Okay. So we get out and we go turn around and I see someone that looks like vaguely familiar. And he has like the, he has a jacket that's very reminiscent of Charles Soul. So like, oh, ha ha, that, that looks like Charles Soul. So we, the taxi driver that he was talking to yelled out at us like oh what's the problem he said oh he's not going that way you know we'll just take another cab he's like that's not right (laughs) that's in the bylaws you can't do that and then he started yelling at the at the original taxi driver and was like hey why are you taking these nice ladies why aren't you taking these nice ladies whatever so the guy rolls his window down decides he can't hear him gets out of the car to go and talk to this guy finally the fucking guy that is and get trying to get into the taxi behind us turns around it's fucking charles soul just like fresh out of the publishing panel and it's his wife and his daughter who was also on the publishing panel just standing there like we were, we're literally just, like, just staring no at we were staring awkwardly. at each other as our cabbies literally like verbally harassed each other and <laughs> like verbally duped it out <laughs> and we were we were just staring at each other like we just made eye contact and like neither of us apologized because we didn't do anything wrong but it was like (laughs) the humanity of the situation was just really it, it, it it was humbling I can't lie it was really humbling and then finally they like the guy went back to his car and said, oh, I'll take you, I'll take you, whatever. And he was like, <laughs> and then the taxi driver behind us that Charles was getting into was like, you take his number down and you report him to the authority. It's in the bylaws. He can't refuse you. Uh, he can't refuse you, right? Just because he's not going that way. That's illegal. And we were like, okay, thank you, sir. And then just silenced the entire <laughs> like 25, 30 minute ride home. <laughs> Um, yeah. Charles, if you're listening to this, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, even though neither of us did anything wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know for a fact when he turned around, my face like dropped because I realized who it was. And there was like a moment of recognition in his eyes. Too. <laughs> 
it, it was just very human and very humbling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Or the moment when this is kind of off topic, but after you had been complaining that Mark Guggenheim had stolen your Sharpie literally all day and he tracked us down after the con was over for the day to say, I'm sorry for stealing your Sharpie. He didn't give it back, but he did come to apologize. <laughs> like he made a point to track us down and apologize. It's gone, but like... Because Hayden shamed him on Twitter publicly. So anyways, so we made a new bestie at the con. Um, hey, Mark. <laughs> hey, bestie. I'm not actually mad about you stealing my pen. Okay. <laughs> or is she? You sure act or am like I? it. You <laughs> mentioned it like 15 times throughout the day. Same thing happened with Charles last year. I gave him like four sharpies. But you didn't complain last year because you're scared of Charles. You're not scared of Mark. Oh. Also, oh. another funny thing that happened with an author is that after our solo panel, which Ethan was on, um, we kind of just stood around and talked to him for over an hour. Literally, and just literally like straight up an the hour. The second that Hayden left to go do something, he started talking about Han Valance. <laughs> I was literally actual. I went to go to the bathroom because I had to go to the bathroom since like 1 p.m. that day. And by that point, it was like six. It was like five or six. And the second I left, this motherfucker starts talking about Han Valance. Literally, really I, I felt like Axe Wolves. My Axe Wolves, my Axe Wolves vacation was complete. Yeah. He planned this? No. Yeah, I'm, probably. He, yeah, he probably planned it. It was really funny, though. Yeah, I know. Because I have all this information in my brain and Hayden doesn't. <laughs> well, then after we're done recording, you need to beam me that information. No, I don't think I will. You will be no, that information. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. It's funny. <laughs> I'm gonna find you. I know you where you know live. Where I live. <laughs> <sighs> oh God. Anyway. So Japan, anyone? No. Okay. Here's the thing. I said I wasn't going to go. I was like, as soon as they announced Japan, I was like, no, you know what? My mom's just not going to let me. I talked to her about it and she was like, weirdly not shutting me down. And she was like, oh yeah. Like, oh, that sounds fun. Like mother. Yeah. I said, I said the same thing. I immediately saw Japan. I was like, well, I'm not going to go. And then I told my mom that I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to go. Cause it's in Japan. And she's like, well, why don't you just start saving? Exactly. No, that's my grant. My Grammy said oh. the exact same thing to me as well. She's like, "Well, you have plenty of time to save," and I'm like, "Yeah." She was like, "She was like, you have two years, so if you start yeah. saving now, you'll be fine." I was like, "Okay," <laughs> but uh, so I don't know, maybe. Kessel Run Relay goes international 2.0. <laughs> Kessel Run Relay on the podcast stage, on the Hall of Men news stage. 
stay tuned. <sighs> anyway, should we talk about what we're actually here to talk about? <laughs> Probably. Okay, but can we, we pause because I need to... last year, last week I made an entire episode about Daisy Jones and the Six, and no one said shit to me. <laughs> so basically, there were a shit ton of cameos in the beginning, and Baby Yoda got how do I say that Hulkbuster fied? I don't know. He's living in the husk of IG-11. Which I think is fucking hilarious because the thought of Taika yeah. Waititi getting called into Lucasfilm to go say two or three lines of dialogue and yes and yeah. no over and over and over again is fucking hilarious. Look, I, we you know, there's really something to be said about how Solo was like, droid rights. And then like Mando is like, what if, no. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's kind of insane <laughs> how solo is like really like what, think about droids and like think about their like thoughts and feelings in their lives and mando is like no no here is <laughs> no. a no out droid no. with a baby in it <laughs> it's like <laughs> l3 would I kill you l3 ig11 was sacrificed for the greater cause of grogo capitalism <laughs> I tweeted this. L3 and Dinjarin would have like galaxy changing beef. And I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure L3 would kill him. Oh, yeah. Straight up murder. And that's Lando the would only be like, reason she wasn't alive. She and Lando would alive. just be like, anyway, throw him out the airlock. <laughs> <sighs> My God, I'm having a headache just thinking about. <laughs> Speaking of Din, what a character he is in this episode. Does I don't anybody... even remember. <laughs> he, uh, he the one nice line with Bo-Katan. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's the only thing I remember I about really this episode. What thing? Uh, he's tired because Grogu is in his terrible fifty twos. <laughs> exhausting for him. <laughs> truly in fatherhood now mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sorry i was like dying yeah dying laughing <laughs> like i was it levels of watching episode six with gay people in the higher public hype house level dying very close <laughs> very close Nothing can ever compare to that, though. No. Watching the the masterpiece of the the Jack Black and Lizzo camp episode in a house full of gay people that was that was fantastic. The when definition he flipped of camp. out when he flipped out of Din's arms and landed in Lizzo's, I couldn't hear a word of dialogue for the next thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, I'm about to say an unpopular opinion. Oh, no. I, yeah, sorry, guys. I have been seeing some rumblings on the old Twitterverse about how people are upset that this season of Mando, of Mando is sidelining, quote-unquote, Din Djarin and his, and his character. But have you considered 
that maybe he is just boring and half of his personality is made up by fan canon. Have we considered that? And that Bo-Katan's story is actually far more interesting, seeing as we know stuff about her previously from the Clone Wars and the battle with the Empire, and seeing her art come full circle? Have we considered that, my besties? The silence is concerning. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. I do think that there is a specific problem when it comes to to Dinjarin about people projecting headcanons and fanon onto him where that was never exactly a part of his character. Um, I do think that's the thing. I think we've seen that, especially in some of the discourse about the Children of the Watch thing. Where it's like, Stidjar has never expressed wanting to leave this. He seems to like it. Like, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I think the whole thing for me is, in a lot of ways, it's less him being sidelined and more like, I just feel like this is where his arc was always going, right? Mm -hmm. From the minute he is introduced to Grogu, the trajectory of his arc is becoming a father and settling down with Grogu, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we've reached thus far. I think there could have been more steps added to get to this point, especially by keeping mm-hmm. him and Grogu apart for longer. I controversially yep. kind of think that they should have done this whole season without Grogu. Oh no! Yeah, hundred percent. And then, and then, kind of done the like whole Grogu becoming a Mando thing. I think this is always where his arc was going. I just like so. Like, I think like that's the thing is like I feel like what happened was John was like, "Oh, this is what I wanted to do." Okay, (laughs) which like. I completely don't mind it because I've really been enjoying Bo-Katan, but, like, I also do get a little bit of the frustration, but also, like, part of it is, like, I do wonder if there this was the in, initial plan or if part of it was because Pedro was working on The Last of Us and they wanted to rearrange it so he, because he couldn't be on set as often. I, I also, also think that's a consideration. Yeah. I also will say that along with that the fact that rangers of the new republic is like probably not happening anymore and as we saw what what was it episode three or four they've had to fold a lot of the stuff a lot of the new republic stuff into i guess this kind of overarching story going on in the background of the mandalorian and that's another factor to consider because we get a lot of war drops in episode three and we get we don't get as much is it two or three i don't remember yes the one the one with pershing yeah my wife so true (laughs) so i think that's also something to take into consideration but have we considered also 
that maybe this eight episode 30-ish minute format is not working for the Mandalorian and that people are getting sidelined because they they just don't have enough time because they've set the they've set a precedent for themselves that just is not working. I don't know. That's my thoughts on that. That's my controversial opinion. You can hate at me all you want. I'm very worried that this finale is supposed to be only 38 minutes. No, that worries me because as we have talked about before, a 38 minute finale is not going to work for the story that they've built of this like capacity. Like we have the threads with the New Republic that need to be tied up. We have the stuff with Moff Gideon that needs to be tied up. We have Bo-Katan that, and she's supposed to be becoming the ruler of Mandalore, how that's going to be tied up. We still have the New Republic facet to all, like the New Republic Navy facet to all of this. It, it's just not going to fit well within a 38 minute finale and then just get no content over the next two years, basically. Yeah. And because I think that I did just see something where it's like, oh, it's not really leaving a cliffhanger for Ahsoka. Like, I'm assuming more of the High Republic stuff, or not High Republic, uh, New Republic stuff, the Thrawn uh, Empire stuff that was set up is, that was, like, for Ahsoka, but I don't think that, like, Din or Bo's story is going to carry over into Ahsoka Mm -hmm. at all. And I'd even be surprised if Moff Gideon's was beyond just being a part of the the empire like I would even doubt his having appearance like maybe a like a a like a hologram or something like mention yeah or like a mention like that but like yeah I mean Din has been captured which is not good (laughs) uh especially because like people were pointing out like they have his face on file now because of what happened last season they know Moff Gideon knows now specifically what his weaknesses are uh I'm pretty sure they're gonna I don't know I feel like we're gonna I feel like they can't Part of me is like, I wonder if they're going to like do kind of the thing about like him getting, having his helmet like forcefully removed. But then I don't know if that kind of puts us back into like a similar position that we were at the end of season two, where it's like, he feels like he has to redeem himself. But then I guess it's a lot easier to do that now if they're just on middle or so I guess that's not a thing. The stakes <laughs> like are it was. high. Just, Yeah any like it's it's not good and they should like it's sad for him and like of course that it'll be brutal but yeah the stakes of like having to redeem himself also if like the armor is like oh you didn't choose also there are probably rules about like well you didn't choose to take it off <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know just all of these different scenarios makes me worried for this finale like how are they supposed to fit that all into 38 minutes and like with a four minute recap too and seven eight minutes of credits that's already like 12 minutes gone out of a 38 minute finale that's that's the length of a clone wars episode if not a couple minutes more like anyway i rest my case <laughs> oh we have thoughts thoughts i don't have many <laughs> <laughs> I 
So moving on, we have baby Yoda in his little his little house. Thank God, because that fucking pram was stupid. I just yes. I like watching him waddle though. It brings <laughs> me joy. But also him smashing yes repeatedly brings me just like no no he's a menace he's a little brat i like the elevatedness of like him being able to like semi-talk now i think that's fun his increased mobility obviously is pretty cool like when we see him like stepping in between the fight um but yeah i do feel like clearly like story-wise they were just like how can we get grogu to come to mandalore and it not be like weird (laughs) also once again it just feels a little weird to be like yeah the baby could just sit in the hollowed out dead droid body (laughs) oh my god okay (laughs) like it is very funny but also it is very disturbing (laughs) Because, (laughs) sorry, I don't know what that was. But IG units are known for, like, their whole point is to be bounty hunters. And to have them walking around in the hollowed out fucking structure of one, this little, like, fucking squat little thing, (laughs) it might be a little unsettling to some people, I think. Yeah. Especially, like, other droids yeah yeah like once again we've established that droids have like quite a bit of sentience so that's really kind of fun for them to be like oh cool i guess like imagine if you are like helping out and you meet a new droid friend for yourself you meet him at the droid bar from episode six all of a sudden he gets captured and then the next day, some fucking little toddler is walking around in your friend's hollowed out body. Like, that's a, that's a little disconcerting, I think, if I was a droid. But then again, I'm not. <sighs> so true. I don't know. He's just like me for real. <sighs> yes, 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 yes. No, no, no. <laughs> People are like, oh, so Grogu could understand the whole time and he wasn't listening? He's yeah, 50 that's years old! But also, like, yeah, that's what kids do. All kids, yeah. un- they understand. They don't want to listen. He's a toddler. He's a child. <laughs> like, we knew he understood. Because <laughs> he does things sometimes, but when he doesn't want to do things, he just doesn't do them. Like, when he is taking little ball thing and <laughs> Din goes, don't touch that, and he does it anyway... He understands because that's what kids do. He's just like me for real. Truly. Oh, man. Anyway. Now we move on to Bo-Katan. Who I think is getting... She's slaying. I've talked about this before. I was so nervous for how they were going to write her in the season. I was so nervous for her, like, having to, like, probably fight Din for the title of Mandalore. I am, I'm knocking on wood ferociously right now. I am pleasantly surprised with where Dave and John are taking this. 
And I'm pleasantly surprised how they've framed it and how it's not like a true believer gains her belief again kind of thing. It's purely of her own volition that Mm -hmm. she believes that she's worthy again. Yeah. And I, I, we said this in other episodes. I like the way that they've done the Din and Bo relationship a lot, where they really truly seem to balance each other, um, which is nice. Um, yeah, and the whole thing about like, yeah, like uh, your song is not finished yet or whatever that line was, was really, really sweet. I loved that. And like seeing too, like, Amanda's being like oh we've been waiting for you and her being like so disappointed by her previous actions like when I think it shows what has always been which is like Bogotan has always been willing to live or to own up to her mistakes i.e. Like, she's here always a Mandalore in Rebels which yeah. I just rewatched. She's always been willing to do that, but I think this, like, just once again enforces that. Like, she's trying to do her best. She's making mistakes, but she's not, like, unwilling to admit that she makes mistakes and that she wants to do better for her people specifically. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts, Liv? I just, I just think she's hot. I'm going to be real. <laughs> so true. <laughs> you guys are so nuanced, and I'm just like, mm, woman. <laughs> I once again, I'll say it, but I know I talked about this. It's so fucking weird that they're literally on Mandalore and they've not mentioned Satine Crease. It's once. so fucking weird. It's bizarre. Like, like not it's- even. Okay. It's getting so, at this point, it feels like so intentional, <laughs> like intentionally not yeah. mentioning her, not even just like, oh, it's just, there's no natural place to slip it in. There's about 50 places you could have done it. You're yes. on their fucking home planet that Satine Kree's ruled and s- not once are you going to bring her up. I swear to God, next week, if Gideon brings her up, but Bo-Katan, like, does not bring her up. Uh, for every two steps forward, Dave and John, we take one step back. Like, like, I don't understand it. And, like, this is the writers who don't know her character exist. It's the person who fucking created her. <laughs> and the person who voice acted in episodes with her. I don't get it. I, I really don't fucking get it. It's beyond it's so, baffling. It's, it's puzzling. It's, it's concerning. I, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why they want to make it seem like Bokhtan was like the only crease <laughs> ever. <laughs> Where's Corky? <laughs> Where's Corky? <laughs> and the fact that they had they brought up her father, who has not been mentioned, not even in the Clone Wars. He doesn't have a name. He wasn't mentioned in Rebels. They brought up her father. 
but not her sister who she was incredibly close to and still has a lot of regret about her like raised her (laughs) like the the way that if you just watch the mandalorian which some people do you would just fully assume that she is an only child yeah that she is mm-hmm. like that that what she said is true she's the last of her line because she didn't have any siblings she doesn't have anybody else related to her it which is my not true <laughs> it's like not canon like i it hurts my head and it confuses me <laughs> like we're <sighs> Like, was, was George Lucas really that upset that, like, it was insinuated that, like, Obi-Wan Obi-Wan could have had a kid? (laughs) (laughs) My god. Anyway, before we get even more upset, let's talk about fucking Moff Gideon, because I gaslit myself into thinking I thought he had a mustache. And he just did it for the whole season, for the whole series. But no, this episode specifically, they decide to shave his mustache. And I, I was so confused and I was going to tweet about it, but I didn't want to, I didn't want people to think that I was stupid. But then when I went back and I realized he had a mustache, I was like, oh, they just gaslit me for no reason. Also, his fucking best guard armor. He shaved his goddamn mustache. It's like the Stanley from oh, the yeah. office dilemma. Oh my God. Yeah. See? And like, it's so unnoticeable. I didn't know. I mean, I just did. I know. I did not notice him having I just, a mustache or not I just having assumed, it. So. Oh, another fucking thing. I'm sure apparently, MJ that. <laughs> apparently, Giancarlo Esposito was on our goddamn flight back from London to LAX. Yeah. He was just straight up there. And Sage was texting me on the bus because you have to take a bus from the terminal to the plane. She was like, Hayden, hold on. I'll read our text chain out right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. She said, um, hey, I think Giancarlo Esposito was on our flight or at least someone who just who looks just like him. I asked where. He said, she said he's sitting right across from me on the bus and i said what the hell sneak a pic and he's and she said no that's rude i can't and i said is he wearing the hat she said yes i immediately knew it was him and i think that's the funniest part out of all of it is that if he was wearing he's a stupid pork pie hat i knew it was him and also when we were sitting in customs a fucking 45 minute giant line he kept on like he stood like a super villain he stood like hands clasped behind his back like surveying everything he was dressed in all black and he kept on making eye contact with me which was weird because I wasn't making eye contact with him but like I could feel his eyes on me I don't know anyway he he stands like he just stands like a villain and it made he has too much practice he does He's, he's he's just entered his villain era permanently. <laughs> anyway. What a man. <laughs> Gideon has stupid armor now, and then he talks to a bunch of imperial people. It's kind of slay armor. What are you talking about? I agree. It's ugly. No, you're the only one no. who thinks that. No. I yes. thought when he came down, I was like, oh. Like, his helmet kind of is like silly. No, it's not. It's, but it's yeah. uh, but it's not silly when it's in the context of it looking like other 
mandos who have had that helmet who have like been a threat to mandalore like it keeps in line with like the theme i think it's the all black is like with the red accents like we've said before unfortunate but like imperials really do have grip and he's no exception he does does slay i'm sorry you don't have taste hayden i don't have taste i don't have mj's gonna come get you (laughs) she's stuck in florida she's fine (laughs) anyway let's talk about the fucking people who showed up during the goddamn shadow council i just like i just like (laughs) this reminder that little armitage is out there (laughs) He's out there drinking shit up off the floor. (laughs) I I it's it's really such a fun reminder that like Poe, Kylo, they all grew up together. They're just they're just all out there chilling. Little baby army, he's out there. Somebody said like somebody (laughs) tweeted like uh Armitage or not Armitage. Uh, Brettle being worried about uh, Gideon's assassination attempts worry about yourself babes I was like yeah keep an eye on that kid you stole in your own son (laughs) babes watch your back (laughs) the child you're making lick a drink off the floor is currently planning to kill you (laughs) and he will succeed out someone had to ask me is that true like you're not joking yes armitage hawks licks liquids unspecified liquids liquids, mystery liquids up off the floor because his father tells him to age of resistance hawks number one i'm so serious please read it it's a goddamn hilarious (laughs) (sighs) also fucking pelion like the guy from the Thrawn books? He's there. I'll be honest. Besides Hux, I had no idea who it was. And at first I was like, why didn't they just get Hux or like uh, Dom Hill's actual dad to play him? And then I realized it was his brother. So I was like, oh, never mind. Where's I did not realize it was, it was his brother. And I was like, wow, this is a really good Hux accent. <laughs> The only two people they named were Hux and Pelion. I have no idea who the other people were. But the, no the name alone, itself. No race it looks like either. No race alone. That was such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when, like, you're already going to have, like, Hux has never appeared on screen. Like, might as well throw her in there. <laughs> like, there have been so many Aftermath references throughout, like, the entirety of Mando. Like, Cobb Vanth. I think there was one other thing. And now the, the name, the Shadow Council itself, was first name-dropped in Aftermath Life Debt, which is the second Aftermath book. I don't know. It was really a missed opportunity for Miss Ray Sloan not to appear. At least in some capacity. Like, even yeah, a name-drop. Like- yeah, which, like, I guess not everyone can attend every hologram Zoom meeting, but, like, maybe she was busy getting actual fucking work done. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Uh, and then Slay Thrawn is gonna run the Empire, which I'm like, where are you getting that idea? No, because, like, at this point, it's, like, <laughs> 
nine or 10 years, depending on where you think Rebels ends. I'm not sure if it's one BBY or zero BBY. I'll get back to that. But he has like avid communication with these people. Like he's in the Ahsoka trailer in these fucking Imperial uniforms. What the fuck has he been doing? Where Ron, the fuck is Ezra? Who said that? They're all going to take over the Empire. Who said that? I, oh. I'm not convinced that I'm not convinced that man actually knows what they wanted to do. No, I don't think he gives a fuck. <laughs> he just misses and Eli. Like, obviously, like, it's, it's honestly really funny because, like, obviously he doesn't give a fuck because it doesn't happen. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> Hux and Phasma and Kylo run that shit now. So, like. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. That, that whole exchange was so funny. I'm, and I, I want to know like, I feel like most. Yeah, you know the meme where it's I like, assume does it's he know? That's what it felt like. I assume that beef is wildly one-sided, as most of Thrawn beefs are. <laughs> <laughs> Thrawn beefs, so threefs? Threefs? <laughs> like, Thrawn is just there, and people are like, I want this man fucking dead. <laughs> And he was like, he was like, they hate you. And Thrawn's like, do I look like I give a fuck? <laughs> Gideon oh definitely bullied Thrawn in the academy. Oh, definitely. My God, he was one of the kids. He wasn't there because he got sick because he had a tummy ache. But he was one of the kids that was supposed to throw rocks at Eli and Thrawn. Didn't they get get beat up in a garden? Yeah, that was, was the rocks. They threw rocks. Yeah, okay. he was supposed to do that. And Thrawn like stepped in. Ache. Yeah, Thrawn stepped in and saved Eli. That's and so then gay. got the other kids. That's like the the of the what the, oh my god. Of the little that I've read of Thrawn, I remember that part vividly. And the space racism they experienced. <laughs> and how it bonded them and made them gayer. So I, I, I do I do remember that. <sighs> Shout out to Chiz Twitter. <laughs> oh man my favorite thing was though as uh claire pointed out why are you as a 40 year old man trying to date a 20 year old eli vanto <laughs> that is not three male relationships be. <laughs> it's okay eli wasn't a minor when they did <laughs> so true I'm gonna get a headache if we talk about this any longer. Let's move on to the armorer. I don't think she's a spy. I'm gonna be honest. Care what I any of you say. I did not pick up shit about a spy until yeah. I talked on Twitter, and everyone's like, "Who's the spy?" And I was like, "Bitch, what spy?" <laughs> so I'm afraid. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I also saw a tweet. I think it was for from Brooke today, who said that everyone says that that the armor seems sketchy because of the way that she talks. Meanwhile, she talks exactly like Din does and all of the other Mandos. Mm-hmm. Like they're all very monotonous. It's not yeah. my guys, also- she's just autistic. Leave her alone. <laughs> She just, I held she my just hair. wants to do her special interest of forging. Exactly. Like, I'll be honest, like, she doesn't seem that 
sketchy to me anymore. Like, no, I also don't think like, I don't think after she talked like all that shit about like the siege of Mandalore and stuff, like, I don't think she would be the one to sell them out to Mm -hmm. Imperials. No, but like also let's not forget that in the very first season, she not only sacrifices herself to save Din and Grief Karga and she who shall not be named, but she also beats the shit out of those stormtroopers that try to fuck up her forge. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, also, like, it's such a long haul. Like, unless she had, like, a sudden change of heart, it's such a fucking long game to, like, hope that Din gives the saber to Bo or Bo somehow gets the saber back accept Bo-Katan into your thing convince her that she should lead Mandalore go to Mandalore call Moff Gideon like it seems like a lot there's too many steps involved yeah the dots are are dotting when X words is literally right there no I was gonna say say. unfortunately I don't think X Wolves is beating the spy allegations. Someone brought up the like, fact that he was he like- He was a paid mercenary. He just got back. Like he, somehow he acquired the light cruiser. The Mando Beskar that was mentioned with on the Moff Gideon ship that he was rescued from. Like, like I wouldn't be, I don't know. I don't even know if Axe would be doing like- maliciously I want to see Bo-Katan fail or like see Mandalore I literally just think it would be like and whoever is paying the most check. exactly yeah. exactly like literally and like, he was gonna get employee of the month yeah <laughs> and that's on period <laughs> yeah he's not getting out of that one unfortunately he is very sexy though I will admit he is yeah. that's he made- that fight scene between him and Bo that was also part of the the gay High Republic house watch. watch the shape party. of his that was face, a lot. The shape of his face itself, coupled with his accent. Also, he's the only one that has a British accent. Have we not know? Have we not brought oh, that? Oh, that's up? true. He's the yeah, only he, one no, that has a British accent. He he's he's with the Empire. It's like in the old but, Roman movies. But he was. All of <laughs> the Romans is... are always British. He was like, he was like, oh, and this is bringing me back to my Greek ancestry. <laughs> oh, anyways, I... Axe, you're not getting out of that one. But also, what, what a king. He was like in the Night Owls, even though the Night Owls were apparently an all-female group. Except he broke for the glass ceiling. <laughs> Slay. This is just like Maul and Dothramir. Oh my god, what if that's... What if his, like, tragic backstory is basically, like, the same as, like, Maul and Dothramir, which is, like, they treated me different because I was a man. <laughs> not the reverse. is like, not this shit again. <laughs> oh my god. That would be so fucking funny. <laughs> hmm. He just got tired of being the only boy. <laughs> oh, he watched a bit. He watched videos of Space Andrew Tate. No, he thought he deserved better. He got radicalized. 
Oh my god! Down the alt right pipeline. Gideon is Andrew Tate. Oh my god! I think that makes Thrawn Ben Shapiro. <laughs> they both say, who, who's they both who's say Joe Rogan? Hmm. What are the bald Hux. guys from Aftermath? Hux. Hux? Okay. Oh, fine, Hux. <laughs> well, actually, no. Hux you might be what? more of like a Steven Crowder type. Yeah. I, f- I feel like Thrawn might be, might be Joe Rogan. I think the Thrawncast. <laughs> the cast. I just feel like he's Ben Shapiro because, unfortunately, as people have pointed out, they do talk the same sometimes. Yes, Perhaps. that's true. Hypothetically speaking, <laughs> if I got abandoned in space for ten years, <laughs> but I still wanted to maintain power in the Vegas government. <laughs> I feel like Joe Rogan is like he has to be someone who's like a little bit not in like the quite like he's that spear he's, but um, adjacent. Gorian Shard. He's so he's Gorian Shard. Yeah, he's Gorian Shard. I'm sure Gorian. Oh, she's ham dimension. The ham dimension. <laughs> Sorry for the technical difficulties, everyone. Emily has unfortunately entered the ham dimension and we don't know when she'll be returning but i have to give one last shout out to paz vizla for going out quite literally in a blaze of glory slay good for him um while emily tries to travel back from the ham dimension predictions for the finale i think we kind of went over that already a little yeah (gasps) she has returned from the ham dimension I have returned. Oh, you got hammed. Yeah. yeah. Now that Emily is returned from the ham dimension, we gave a shout out to Paz Vizla while you were getting hammed. So, RIP King. So, sorry, your son is fatherless now. That's rough. <laughs> Rift to him. Anyway. Now he has the potential to be a main character so true that kid has not had a single good day in the entire time that we've known him yeah not one first he gets fucking attacked by the big crocodile monster thing then he gets taken by this goddamn velociraptor motherfucker after he gets beat by a kid who's like never fought before and now his dad is dead like he's He's just taking L after L. So pour one out for not Axe Wolves, Paz Vizla tonight because he went out in a blaze of glory. Speaking of Axe Wolves, for what reason? I don't really. (laughs) Predictions for the finale. I don't think anybody is dying. I've seen people being like, oh, Din's dead. Okay, the thing Bro's about Din is dying, uh, why would they kill off probably the most profitable char- original character they've had since the prequels? I mean, they're not going to kill and off Grogu. They're not, I was literally just about to say that. Like, be so for real right now. They're not killing that little green fucker. He brings them way too much money. I don't think they're going to kill off Din. 
I don't think they're gonna kill off Bo because if I they think- kill off Bo, I have no hope for Star Wars anymore. <laughs> yeah, because I think the whole thing is like. I don't think they've been building to a sacrifice arc. They've been building no. to a ruler arc. Her arc yeah. has been building towards that, not only in Mandalorian, but in Rebels. Since Rebels, since Clone Wars. Like, since the team yeah. died, it's been... So, um, maybe a, a Satine mention. Finally. Finally. <laughs> um, I think somebody... Zeb got an emoji on Twitter. Yes. I think Sabine is showing up. Have we so checked I kind if Sabine think, has? I can't, I don't think they do that already because I, I don't think that'd be like, but I kind of think that Zeb might come back and like, it'll be like a new Republic rescue and he'll be in like one of the ships flying. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. with Sabine. But also Especially I have Sabine since we on my cameo which, pool. What? I have Sabine on my cameo pool, so she better freaking show up. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anybody else that I... I think Sabine Carson is Carson Tiva. Most... Yeah. Yes. He my got an emoji. Sab- he did. Yeah. I'm so happy. I think Sabine is the most likely, like, new cameo. Yeah. Uh... Okay, I just checked. She doesn't have an emoji yet. Mon Mothma, I wouldn't be surprised if Mon Mothma showed up because if we're getting into New Republic stuff and we're getting into like and high level security stuff. And since we know that she's going to be in Ahsoka in some mm-hmm. capacity, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's even just like a brief like hollow of her or some announcement or something, mm-hmm. which would be slay. I like um, You've been spending too much time with Ash. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> she is mother, and she is mothering. <laughs> she is mothering, even though I like it better when other, the Andor people write her, but whatever. They can't no, mess so her up too badly. So valid of you. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. How, how much can happen in 38 minutes? <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah, I don't really have any predictions. This season has been, just been so unpredictable itself. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm down for whatever, I guess, that they can fit into the time Cobb. stamp of a Clone Wars episode. <laughs> Cobb is my only other... Maybe I can see. I want, I want Boba and Fennec to, to oh, go and Boba's also on my cameo pool. He better fucking show up. Bob can hold down the fort for them for yeah. For Bree second. can come save his boyfriend. Yeah. I just I just want to see them. I just want to see them. I miss them. He's always with me, but I still miss them. <laughs> His big bald head looking over me. Anyway, I think that covers it. Let's get into the real event here. Castle Run Book Club, Hidden Empire 5. I'm going to let Liv take it away. (laughs) Why? 
because it's a good fucking story ending it hurts okay anyways um this i'm claiming it right now this is a ren hate podcast no it's not don't no it's not no it's not no it's not killed him no it's not no (laughs) he's he's not dead he's fine he's just resting his muscular boobs protected him He's okay. fine. You're you saying guys. his muscular boobs protected him. His muscular boobs have nothing on Kylo Ren's muscular boobs. Exactly. Okay. Is there a function where I can mute Hayden? You better not. I don't know how to do it. Oh, thank you. Watch. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, Ren ruined Kira's Ren life. Ren is sexy. Ren, Ren is- ruined her life is- single-handedly. Um, her is her done- fate is because Frog in his life of him. <laughs> so true he is wrong he is in his my, life he's done nothing he wrong in his life he's my sweet mm. cheese my good time boy my crispy marshmallow my everything yeah this is gonna be <laughs> what makes hayden and i break up just <laughs> to let you guys know um yeah so he ruined kira's life okay um, and he looks and sexy doing it i do not what do you want me to say Okay. I, sexy Anyways. men, my life for sexy men ends when they try to ruin a woman's life. Exactly. So, it doesn't I for will, me. I will defend a sexy woman to the ends of the earth. The same cannot be said for a man. Sorry. Okay, well, that sounds like a you problem. Oh my God. Yeah, no. You know how you felt about Kira with the whole Cadelia thing? Yeah, I know. That's what I said. I said, this is my Cadelia moment. This is my okay. Kira moment. Ren has done nothing wrong in his entire life. That's factually incorrect. Actually, no, it's not. Because no. I said so. I said so. And that makes it true. Emily, can you mute her again? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will Anyways. not be silent. <laughs> I'm being her. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you are. By my <laughs> so, anyways, long story short, Ren ruined Kira's life. No, he didn't. And she had to flee to I don't even know where. And she's having her "Right Where You Left Me" by Taylor Swift moment right now. So good for her. Also, I I was in fact clowning when I said that it was Ray and Finn. Under the cloaks, I giggled, watching but the hologram. I saw that. Ha, 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 ha. Um, it, it was Luke and Leia. And oh, I was very okay. disappointed, but it's it's fine. It's fine. Sorry, I love you, Leia. <laughs> because no, be, it's fine because they had a very good conversation about Kira um, so and true. how she did, in fact, make a difference and helped them bring down the empire. So. But she so doesn't true. know that. She's yeah. simply alone in a random cantina as the as the galaxy celebrates around her and she thinks she's See, a failure. The fact, though, that this once again means that as of right now, I still firmly believe that that means that Lando contacts her as she comes to the that's Battle of Mexico. That's what that's completely, I said. It can completely be canon now. Yeah, and you were true. crying when I said that, and you were like, "No, she's not," and then you started crying again. 
Yeah, she was at the I Battle of Exegol. Yeah, you were. You really, really were. The best was when Isabella the next day was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I knew when you read it because I just heard a <laughs> from the other room. <laughs> so, yeah. And then Leah came in and made it worse. Not like she didn't mean <laughs> to. She just said something and it set me off. Um yeah. That's that's when I I fell into the right where you left me pit. Yeah. She has her long hair back too. Yeah. She does. Which also confuses me about the timeline, but also we got the timelines book because there was an exclusive early like release at Celebration. There's like a very distinct gap in the book where like Mm -hmm. there's a little arrow that as you flip through the pages, like it basically like scrolls through and tells you how far you are into the time period. When from the War of the Bounty Hunters page to the Return of the Jedi page, there's like a huge jump. Which means we're still at the very, very beginning of this kind of period between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, which goes into my confusion with Kira's hair, because I was under the impression that we're getting closer to Return of the Jedi. However, that is not the case, because Luke still doesn't have his lightsaber. Leia still doesn't have the Bosch disguise, at least as of yet. Um, I think they did that in the in her... Um, her Age of Rebellion one shot, and I think Force of a Destiny two, not positive, but it the timeline is just confusing because listen, this like apparently like one month long period has taken up two or three years of real time publishing time, mm-hmm. so it's very very confusing to keep like straight, and it confuses me as to the future of this because they're releasing like their um like return of the jedi one shots like now like last week was the ewoks issue which was really good Mm -hmm. slay for Alyssa. but i don't know the the hair part just really confused me but now that i've talked it out i feel a little bit less confused maybe she just wears wigs do you wear wigs do you wear wigs (laughs) (laughs) no No, i I do not to explain to hayden using my own hair as an example like hair grows very quickly because like does? i had kira yeah, like your hair, hair has... back in like the summer it's not even like her hair year. was long it, it was, was like, like shoulder yeah. length yeah i like it's it's about like maybe a little bit longer than mine is right now but it wasn't like to her ass i can't i can't it's believe not like hayden's they, hair i can't believe that they modeled Kira's hair after your hair right now is so true. true. <laughs> She's just like me for real. <laughs> oh my god. I have hair in my mouth. This. Anyways, um, um so I don't know if I would have preferred Kira to die. I would not have because it would have meant that she died off screen and that nobody will know. So which is worse? People not knowing that Kira died off screen or what happened to her? I'm still suffering alone because no one else knows that what she went through. I but this means that she could. Like, you know, now that she's like kind of like she can eventually open herself back up to 
a wife a wife a wife like it's nice to imagine like she finds a partner and she like settles down she kind of finds like so true her own little thing of peace and then like when it's time to you know answer lando's call she does it oh my god the toga and lotification of kira as like a memory to Han and also like a way to like kind of maybe redeem herself in her own eyes to like go help the right side. Yeah. That's so valid. Plus this means we can get Amelia Clark back <laughs> as Kira. <laughs> but also I guess this is why she was not in the Book of Boba because she, she did not slay she did not she slay her way to the top. Long. <laughs> So maybe it's good that we were wrong. Hmm. At least she is still alive. Yeah. I had the the lived served cunt death <laughs> reaction meme ready to go, but I did not have to use it. And thank God. <laughs> Just lived served cunt retire. <laughs> Forcefully, Forcefully retire. Requ- Forcefully retire. <laughs> We are in each other's brain. She, and this was in my my predictions of what could happen. She did kind of pull a Asajj Ventress in Legends. Because if you don't know, in Legends, Asajj, what? Asajj (laughs) just says like, you know what? Y'all are stupid. I'm done. And then just leaves forever. And no one ever sees her again. So So true. Kira kind of did that, but not particularly on her forcefully board, but um i was forcibly I removed wrong. from the cut serving competition yeah but maybe it's better for her maybe she needed like a forced retirement yeah hostile takeover <laughs> hostile takeover of crimson dawn vampire. oh <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, my thoughts are, damn, it's sad that she's alone, but holy fucking shit, was that a good end to the arc? Because as someone who read Most Wanted for the first time, a couple weeks before this issue came out, that shit hurted. Yeah. And I re-listened to it, um, like the audiobook version, on my way to Celebration. And I was hit with the realization that Kira became the engineer yeah and how she only she kind of used people to I'm gonna kill you <laughs> I know trust me I wanted to I yeah um <laughs> because she got to the point where she was just using other people as pawns in her game yeah and that was the one thing that that kept her from joining kept the engineer. her from joining the engineer because she didn't like that but by the time we get to hidden empire she has become that so um i think yeah. that realization is what cannot believe, most cannot believe charles soul is the number one most Kira wanted stan, stan. <laughs> He did his goddamn homework. I said it mm-hmm. before and I'll say it again. Him and, he him did and his DJL, homework. And him and so DJL, true. It's their favorite book. Like this. Wanted, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> their minds are so powerful. 
anyways i'm just in an immense amount of pain i'm sure if you follow me on twitter you, you really have, have not stopped tweeting that. about it <laughs> no every painful cure thought i tweet because i need other people to suffer with me so my bad i'm petty <laughs> so true so should we talk about the other two comics that Probably. came out? <laughs> Afro 30, which basically just retells Hidden Empire 5, or at least the part that, that Afro was in, in Hidden Empire 5, mm-hmm. from Afro's point of view. And holy shit, Alyssa Wong. Alyssa. I waggle my finger at you. I waggle oh, my are, finger at you. Are we getting the the sauna Afro Magna polycule? I think so. Gay I think people so. real. I personally prefer Afro Magna just because they are so so horrible for each other. So true. But like at that last moment, she Afro was saying "I love you" to Sana. So true. But she did also kiss Magna on the mouth. And she's a disaster lesbian. What do you expect? So valid. So valid. She sees a pretty woman. She kisses her. So true. She is a simple lesbian. I understand. (laughs) Not as a lesbian, but I understand. (laughs) So true. (sighs) Anything else? I'm um, no. <laughs> then let's move on to the Joker bounty hunters. Baby girl is back. He's back in his silly little coveralls. And he and Bosk are fighting. Oh my God, the girls and are fighting. He's reossified. He looks very sexy. Although I wish his coveralls were electric blue and not that weird navy imperial blue that they are. Man's just got out of the the empire. Okay. Cut him him some slack. No. He literally served, died, resurrected, and needs to serve Khan again. Anyways, there's a line in this comic (laughs) where he mentions... Both Cadelia and Solo and Cadelia in the same fucking sentence, which Ethan said he did for me. How do you think I felt? I was very unwell, if you can't tell. I don't know if you followed me or if anybody who listens followed me when I posted that. I was not well. I was not well. I literally screamed at my freaking desk it was horrendous it was horrendous for me specifically yeah story group I now speak directly to you please for the love of God make Han Solo bisexual (laughs) I guarantee you nobody will hate you I promise Please. Everyone knows it's true. The Sky Solo kiss exists. Make it real. I'm going to grabby Vader meme you. 
Please make it real because this is not straight behavior. <laughs> I'm fine, I promise. Also, when Valance and Cadelia meet again, you need to send a wellness check to the dorm, okay? You need to send a wellness check. I don't know when it's happening, but it's happening. I hope to God I moved out of my room with my roommate so I can physically curl up on a bed and cry. <laughs> the thought of that interaction makes me ill. Yeah. Slay. Also, we're getting um, Bessie team up of Valance and Boba Fett soon again. So, if they go to Tatooine, I'm going to do something drastic. If they go to Tatooine to try and save Han and Valance is right there, I'm never watching Return of the Jedi again. <laughs> You're so right. I didn't even think of that. Like he, Boba, Boba's gonna make comments. You know that. Yeah, I fucking know that. Cause he's a dick. He's so he's so mean in the comics. If he gets so close that he touches Han's body before he's ripped away from it, I'm never I'm never watching Return of the Jedi again. And I will have a bounty put out on Ethan Sachs <laughs> because he did that for me specifically. I am once again stating story group. It's okay. I promise yeah. being gay is okay. <laughs> we all know the truth, but anyway, man, what do I know? <laughs> Emily, oh, would you would you like to talk about your silly little books? I saw that you made a tweet about them. Yes. Well, first I have to discuss the Star Wars books I read. Okay. Um, uh, so I finally finished Battle of Jedha. I gave like a 3.25 out of 5. I think in the end, the issue with it is like it both felt like essential information that you needed and half like not and it was weird because it was an audio drama so I feel like that means a lot of people skip it and then I they did it. kind of and then they did <laughs> kind of just sum up what happened in it in cataclysm but like yeah that's exactly still, what I did <laughs> but also you still kind of needed it to understand like the relationship between Adia and Creighton but yeah. then there was a whole plot line in that book that like had no effect on cataclysm whatsoever and was not even like brought up really so I feel like what should have happened is the Creighton and Adia stuff should have either should have just been made its own book and the other stuff should have been an audio drama more similar to Tempest Runner yeah that's kind of my take on it it was fine in the end uh I also just like because I don't listen to them I read them so that also kind of affects my opinion on it I know um I just don't love the audio drama format as much as I just like the books um so valid Cataclysm though I very much enjoyed um I thought it was very good I uh it was very 
fallen star vibes to me yeah like very or not fallen star sorry rising storm vibes it very much felt like that where like a lot of the book is dedicated to like a battle you're kind of switching between different people doing different things within that battle is that a spoiler I don't think so no um and it was interesting to see like all of the characters like come together again or like come together I thought Yaddle was really cool in this Yaddle book. I um, was pleasantly surprised by Yaddle in this book like yeah, she fucking slayed in this book like slayed, I can't I, lie I loved seeing her with uh Kippa was that the young I lady love her I thought that was so sweet and so cute and it was really cool because like I know that they mentioned in other stuff how like Yaddle is a really big teacher to the younglings so like seeing that in action was really cool Axel was baby girling again so true Um, he was so miserable he was so poor little meow meow he was so regretful and resentful he was the ultimate baby girl and but the development between him and his mom slayed the house boots down I honestly think that was probably the best part of the book was like seeing that and like seeing her reflecting on being a parent wonderful delicious Lydia Kang she gets Uh, it I think I gave it four to five stars I think my one thing is I think Ziri and Pontu in my opinion felt a little underdeveloped there was a lot of like, they're having issues. I feel like it was kind of fast. I wish that we had had seen it play out more or we had just gotten more time with them to really like flesh out all of that. Yeah. And that's where I feel like in some cases, this series could have benefited from having three books instead of Yeah, because I definitely felt like they were rushed because they were such a focus in the first book. And in yeah. this one, they like were still main characters, but their relationship wasn't as heavily focused on. And okay, this is a slight, a slight spoiler, granted. I'm not gonna say exactly what happens, but if you haven't read Cataclysm, you can turn your ears off. We still really don't know why Aram and Arano were at war a hundred years after this book. Yeah, so, I'm wondering if that's I don't know if like, it's like a path of vengeance thing. I don't know yeah. if it's supposed then to be Path a comics of, thing. I don't think they're going to be in Path of Vengeance because Path of Vengeance is going back to, yeah, to the, Marta. it's going back to Marta and um, Yana. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't know. That part is really confusing. I I thought the book was called Cataclysm. That Again, slight spoilers, but I thought the book was called Cataclysm because I thought, you know, I thought Ziri or something was gonna happen or yeah. zero fan two was gonna so die i feel like either it could have benefited from like i said like taking some of the material from better battle of jetta adding a little bit more ziri and pontu and putting that in like a middle book for cataclysm yeah. to be the conclusion or maybe just making cataclysm longer um i think a lot of star wars books seem to have this fear about like being longer than like let me tell you pages. lesser evil does not lesser evil is like lesser 694 evil, like, no, like, pages long like most star wars especially the adult books are kind of short yeah like like jet battle scars is 270 pages long and that's like not entirely typical for like a fantasy sci-fi 
book, especially fantasy sci-fi series. So I, and I think especially the High Republic books could have experimented a lot more with being longer. But also Path of Vengeance, Path of Vengeance is fucking 594 pages long. and Midnight Horizon was long too. 475 pages. So like, I think, but like, that makes sense to me because they're concluding books. Like, they should be longer. Like, I thought kind of the same thing about Fallen Star. I feel like Fallen Star could have been longer. Oh, it I definitely really wouldn't have to plan. Like, I don't think these, these books, it's not that they feel rushed, but I think that there could have been more development to flesh out um, yeah. everything. That being said, once again, I still really enjoyed this um personally I probably even liked this book probably even more than any of the phase one adult books I think I liked Cataclysm and Convergence better than especially Fallen Star and Light of the Jedi Rising Storm is kind of up there but yeah yeah I think that these books are really good and um I'd be interested to read more of both of what those authors do in Star Wars um Mm. I feel like Lydia Kane could write a really fun rebel book. Oh yeah. I feel like, I feel like, especially with like the way that she writes Axel, I feel like she could write a really compelling Imperial Defector character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and with that added bit of family in there, deliciousness. Yeah. yeah. Like basically like if she did like a Hux-like character where it's like the parent was like uh you know mm-hmm. that and then they defect, exactly like, something yeah. like that generational trauma for the win generational <laughs> like even like a first order person who does it because their parents were in the empire and they like yeah, raise them exactly. and then they defect to the resistance like mm-hmm. i think she she can kind of slay that <laughs> oh yeah definitely um and then the i'm reading the fourth book in that f1 romance series now I talked about the last time I talked about these books I talked about how the intro with that was like fucking wild basically each of these books has like upped the ante like the first book is literally just like girl goes with her brother to like on his racing so she can like start her YouTube channel (laughs) and she falls in love with like her brother's teammate and like the only thing is like he has like kind of an abusive father and like that's the drama of it we had the increasing parents killed by um the drug cartel man with huntingtons in the third book what the second the second book starts out with um the boy the male main character's best friend and brother's wife dying in childbirth so that was pretty dramatic (laughs) but then the girl in that book is just like bucket list (laughs) um this book prologue the prologue of the book the the racer main male character gets into a car accident on the track of course he gets into a crash he wakes up in the hospital they've amputated his leg oh this boy the book starts the book starts with a leg amputation and then the next chapter the girl's drug addict mother is stealing money from her to go buy more drugs this seems like it slaps her no it seems like you know the game episode this is literally an episode of episode because these plots start out like that and then the whole of other like conceit of the book is like the trope here is fake dating 
the other book is the after like all that shit happens it's just she's hired as the pr manager for that like team and she and then they like fall in love like this one is like fake dating like she goes to italy where he lives because she like does an ancestry test and like finds out her dad lives there and it's like a meet cue of like her like kind of accidentally breaking onto his property it's like me cute but then it's like but then like the overtones are like he's dealing with severe depression because of his leg amputation and the fact that he cannot race anymore and the other one is the same thing where it's like he's dealing with severe anxiety because his mother has hunting disease and he might have it too and then it's like fake dating (laughs) I let's babysit my my nephew together they're really good I don't have words I don't have words it's literally an episode of episode yeah they're great (laughs) (laughs) they're honestly like I said the other that other book made me cry (laughs) like they're so addicting too it's like you can't take your eyes off of it it's like you just have to know what happens (laughs) that's anyway it's 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 a really <laughs> bold way to start your romance book with a like <laughs> and then i i always have to text my sister so i had to text her and be like has an f1 driver ever had to have a limb amputated <clears throat> and then she gave me this whole long response and then she was like why do you ask and i go you'll never guess what happens <laughs> at the beginning of the morning oh my god so anyway, uh, this series is great. Uh, would recommend to anybody who's just like looking for a fun time with slightly depressing. <laughs> it's called the Dirty Air series by Lord Asher. Uh, okay, because it's F one. It's car racing. I know nothing uh, about. I know nothing about F one. Nothing. So true. I've asked. I've asked my sisters everything. Um, and once again fun game though if you are into f1 guess who the drivers in these books are kind of based on the real life drivers as we've discussed before (sighs) the fun game i'm not into it so i just once again i asked my sisters (laughs) and she makes her best educated guesses uh but anyway so i'll probably finish this up in like the next two days uh get back to you hayden what are you reading (laughs) well Literacy has dropped, I'm afraid to say. I read like 50 pages of Cataclysm on the plane. I read another 30 while we were at Celebration. And then on the plane ride back, I raw dogged like 250 pages of however much was left in Cataclysm. I've already talked about it before. I thought it was good. There were parts I liked. There were parts I thought could use some work. But again, Lydia Kang, that's a slave from you, girly. In terms of future literacy, um, I can't read anymore. I read about eight pages of Battle Scars, and I just couldn't do it. I I tried to finish out a chapter. I just couldn't. I don't know if it was the jet lag or what. I, I just physically couldn't. <laughs> and I don't even want to read comics, so now I'm writing Han Violence fan fiction. But <laughs> what was that laugh for? I'm just giggling. <laughs> anyway, um, I miss Han Valance so, so bad. 
And I would like them to be canon, please. Literacy. A sleigh. Now live. You finally have a literacy update for she us. She stole your literacy. She stole my literacy. In, in, it in comes some, with a brain cell. So true. Um, in some weird twist of fate, um, I managed to get Path of Be- Vengeance at Celebration. Well, like half of High Republic Twitter did not. <laughs> and it's payback I, for not going to higher pu- to the higher public panel. I feel really bad, but I also think it's really funny. Yeah, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're enjoying it though. I am, and I I love Path of Deceit. So I was like, yeah, I'll get I'll get the sequel. I'll get Path of Vengeance because I like Marta and I want to see what girl bossing she's up to. Um, and then I proceeded to read all almost 600 pages of it on my phone. Jesus flight. Christ! In one sitting. I didn't know you finished it. Oh yeah, I Damn. started and Holy finished shit. it in the same sitting. What? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. When I literacy, I literacy. <laughs> you raw so, dog. Um, and I, I genuinely very much enjoyed path of vengeance and i feel like it has to do with the fact that i already knew a lot of the characters from the comics Mm. and like i don't know i really like kevin's writing so like i may see what other high republic things he has written because i like it rising storm rising storm rising storm rising storm rising storm did was he the one who did um tempest runner yeah yes okay and that's also a girl boss so yeah that has evil woman girl boss heavily involved so so. that's that's my brand that's (laughs) my brand so i'm and and charles so right wrote girl boss avar chris so it's kind of like both both your bands writing (laughs) high republic lives high republic era incoming incoming but she only reads the things with women (laughs) no it's true but anyways as as i'm I'm literally just to talk about to talk about men um, <laughs> because, because I understand I understand Vil, Vilte Nation now. They're I, so unbalanced coded. I did, I did understand insane. it before, like in reading the comics, but like reading them in Path of Vengeance, I I get it. I really truly get it now. Like they're just two gay dads and they have an adopted daughter, Maddie. <laughs> so true. Um, they're so cute and they is coded. So no, so true. You're spot on. Um because because Tay would say, I don't need the force, I have you. And Vildar would just roll his eyes and follow him. <laughs> so um anyways, I love them. I loved Path of Vengeance. I give it like a 4.5 out of 5. Slay. That's really good. good. Wait, so is Maddie like a main character in a game? Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh. She's basically the Kevmo of of this book. Yeah, and then it's kind of like Midnight Horizon where like they took Zine from 
the comics and made her like a POV character in the last yes. book. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It's like um Path of Deceit in that it goes from Marta to Yana to Kevmo, but in this book it's Maddie. Oh, slay. That's basically how it is. women. Yeah. Right? <laughs> women. Yeah. Can't really... Mar- Marta was very good. I, I love to see Yana again. I do. I do. I do love her. And uh, Yana is just sad and gay. Um, <laughs> I I can't really say much else without spoiling stuff. So <laughs> oh, I'm more excited so for true. it now. That makes yeah. me more yeah. excited. No, it gives us that good, good Maddie content. My Slay. special little ADHD eldest daughter. I feel like, like you could do real. a really good Maddie cosplay. Who? Yeah. You. I was thinking of it actually. I really I feel <laughs> like you could you'd be so cute in a Maddie cosplay. Twilightification. I, I mean I, I feel saw like Hannah Hay do it could do it. I was like, oh you're so yeah. cute. I want to be Maddie. <laughs> and then I kind of feel like Hay could do a good Yana. Especially I feel like the height for some reason. Like intimidating. <laughs> I'm gonna be so real to be an intimidating WLW. (laughs) I have no desire for body paint. (laughs) I'm very lazy. Do the just do the like uh oh like the hera the hera just the little bit of like gray blush on your so true. I am simply lazy. (laughs) I wore the same pants for three days. Yeah, you did. And I wore the same shirt for two of them. <laughs> Those pants were stanky. <laughs> <laughs> I was so glad when I didn't Slash have to wear them <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I can't with you. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> Any final thoughts? Um, Kevin Scott managed to sneak a Jackson reference into Path of Vengeance. That is how the fuck did he do that? He's not even alive. You you will see. That's just like that's like Claudia Gray putting Wera into into the dark (laughs) as a Sagarera reference. That's I can't. Jackson is his (laughs) Sagarera. No, for real. The the amount of times at celebration that man brought up Jackson on it was unhealthy. Like that's his glupshido. He invented having a glupshido. I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Anyways, that's it. That's all. That's all I'll say about Path of Vengeance. Thumbs up for me. Oh. Slay. Get it when it comes out on May 2nd. I regret not getting it so much. Yeah, I don't know why you didn't May the 4th. <sighs> Some of us were stressed out about getting an Art of Comics book that was never actually at the Forbidden Planet, Planet booth. <laughs> and some of us bought a whole other fucking... Han Solo and Chewbacca trade paperback so I didn't have to wait in the hour-long line 
to get into Forbidden Planet. So instead, I just waited in a 30-minute line to pay. Some of us skipped the High Republic panel so they could go to line up at Forbidden Planet to get Path of Vengeance and a Zuckus pin. <laughs> That's it. No, I got comics okay. too. That's a lie. The pins this year were pretty good. They were okay. Yeah. I didn't get any of the official store ones. I only got the oh. Zuckus fig pin one. I was surprised they actually made a Sagarera one. Shocked. Yeah. They made an Afro one too. And a Jackson Play. one. Okay. <laughs> but still no sign of old Baylor. Silly old Baylor. <gasps> anyway. Um, anybody have anything else to add? Anything at all? Oh, fun fact. Not even fun fact. Um, thank you for getting our stickers and supporting us at Celebration. Shout out to Aoife, who stopped us in the line for the High Republic panel. <sighs> oh, no, we were, no, it was at, um, Mark, Alyssa, and Ethan signing. Yeah slay and thank you very much for your support that was very sweet <laughs> um as always you can follow us on your social medias our links will be in the description you can email us at kesselrunrelaypod at gmail.com for Please. cool things we like getting emails we do we enjoy them we like answering your questions and as i'm sure you have seen from our previous questions that we do enjoy you um, can also Instagram. DM us on Twitter. Yeah. yeah, or just tweet at us. Anyway. It, yeah. But yeah, um, be sure to follow us there and follow our social medias for um, perhaps some sticker interests. We have stickers left over and may be able to send them out. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening and for supporting us and may the force be with you. <laughs>